Welcome to the Antioch Initiative Podcast, a podcast that focuses on the unreach of the world and seeing the Great Commission completed in our generation. Hi, we are continuing a series of podcasts connected with Run for the Unreached. Run for the Unreached is an advocacy run for people groups in the world which still do not have access to the good news of Christ. And while we are hosting the on-site event in Bloomington, Minnesota on Saturday, April 9th, we're also hosting the event virtually all over the world. And today's podcast is specifically being produced for use by our virtual participants as they run or walk wherever they're located. There's still time to register for the virtual event. You may do so by going to our website, theantiochinitiative.com, and then selecting the Run for the Unreached tab on the site. Please join us as we run our walk for the unreached. The content in this podcast features updates from Brad Walls, who serves with Latin America. Uh, Brad shares some encouraging things God is doing in mobilizing Latinos to the unreached around the world. He also lets us know how we can pray. Without any further ado, here is our interview with Brad Walls. Hi, this afternoon, we have the opportunity of talking with Brad Walls, who is the chairman of the Missions Commission of the World Assemblies of God Fellowship. Uh, And Brad has been a missionary for about 36 years. Uh, Brad, we are so glad that you're with us this afternoon. Great to be with you, Nick. Always excited to be at this uh, event with you different years. Yeah, well, we're, we're really thrilled that you'll be sharing again about um, how Latinos are serving around the world in Latin America and around the world to impact people unreached with the gospel. This uh, particular podcast, as our listeners will probably know by now, is a part of a series that's a part of a, for, for, for Run for the Unreached, which is on April the 9th, and uh, people are participating around the world both in person and virtually. And this podcast is just to help us to learn more about Latinos involved in the Great Commission, involved in Reaching the Unreached, and also how we can pray for them. And so, Brad, if you'd please share, uh, you've been very engaged in mobilizing Latinos uh, for many years. Would you please share some things that God is doing right now? Yeah, the the Lord continues. The exciting thing about Latin America missions is it's really mature right now. It's in a very mature phase. And a reminder, because some people may be new here too on this run and not have done it in other years, but um, the Latin American missions movement began in the early 90s. So they have, you know, they have uh, 30 years now under their belt. And so you actually have the second generation beginning to go out. which is an amazing thing, you know, where missionary kids or just second generation of people called. And so it's a a great challenge because I remind some of the new ones or I remind the church, they forget maybe how hard it was 30 years ago to get started to change a paradigm. And I'll come back to that in one minute because there's a whole generation of kids now who's grown up with missions being normal, which is a great thing. Sure. But that pioneer generation, it was a very difficult generation to go out because the church did not have a missions paradigm. They did not have a biblical paradigm of missions in the sense that their concept of, well, missionaries come from another country and we're a poor country. And so we receive missions and they just did not understand that they could send. And, and so I remember, I'll never forget when a, a young girl was called to a very difficult country in Central Asia uh, in the in the 80s, and she'd been saved for three months in, a, in the great revival of Carlos Anacondia. And she told her pastor all excited, I'm going to, God's called me to this country. Wow. And it's one of the hardest countries in the world. And, um, and, 
And he says, well, we could never do that. That's something that North Americans and Europeans can do. We Argentines can never do that. And so that was a paradigm that that, that early generation had to go against. And uh, But today it's a real mature, in a mature phase because they've, they've just experience has allowed them to come in their own and and missions is just entering a great phase in a lot of the countries so it's very exciting and part of that phase is again wanting to reach send out you can't force a call of god if someone comes with a call to you know we want god's calling us to spain or to act, you can't force that but the church can inform people about the great need of the unreached and people can pray about that. And so more and more countries are sending a greater amount of people to the unreached people group. So that's very exciting for us to see as well. That is thrilled. Can you share some, maybe some stories or some examples of some things God is doing recently? Yeah. So, I mean, just a lot of the, uh, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a, a, a single woman Latin from a country that's just, just started setting very recently and she's in a country that's very dangerous with a with a with a team from live dead and god is using her and uh other countries too where they're planning churches and uh in other cases they're just learning the language and getting started but um the the important thing is latin america now is missionaries in 100 countries about about 108 and 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 so that is just an amazing thing that's happening as well and so um the one of the things is is that some countries that were really struggling to get traction a few years ago yeah they've just gotten the right leader and they've just taken off and that's what's exciting i mean countries that uh, you know, and I think in Nicaragua and Panama, they just really struggled, for example, to really get traction. And the right leader came along. He was mentored uh, by different people, including the superintendent of the country, and because they wanted to see their country advance. They saw other countries going, and they and they they saw that they were being left behind. And, and so th- both those countries have over 50 workers being sent now. And so that it's just exciting to see country that really, really struggles just to ex- take off and explode. So in, in their sending of missionaries. Praise God. You said 50 missionaries from Panama and 50 from is it Nicaragua. Yeah, they, I think they're both around the 50 mark now. And for many years, they would have struggled to get out 10. Wow. You know, so so they've just really, really exploded in the last few years. That is and, 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 and it was the right, you know, it, it's just the peer, I mean, as, as, as countries have done well, it's caused a positive peer pressure among other countries that, hey, if they can do it, we can do it. And so it's just, you know, and, and they learn from each other. We have a great network of 22 countries and they learn from each other and, and we just have really great leaders today. So it's really exciting to face the to, to work with now. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, I, as you probably know, I served in South Asia for many years and we had many Latinos who came and served in our, where we served. And um, they were, they blended <laughs> in a lot of ways better with our Indian population than uh, people who look like me and our family. Um, I mean, there's, you know, and they, they just, they connected so well. And I was just, I've just been impressed for so many years. I, and I recently heard also, um, 
just we were we had a prayer uh, event about two weeks ago where we were praying for missionaries all around the world, and uh, we had a um, a particular missionary who was serving in the Middle East, and he was uh, sharing about Latinos coming and serving with them, and just the huge positive impact that was having, and I was just. I was so encouraged uh, by that and just seeing that how God is sending Latinos all around the world, 108 nations you're saying that's countries that that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it is amazing. And the Holy spirit is called, called people. I mean, that's what, you know, the, our challenge going back 30 years ago was that the Holy spirit had called people to go and the church did not have a vision to send them, did not understand their vision to send. They didn't have a vision to pray. They had a vision, they had a vision for their own country, for church planning, for, to reach their own country. They, that, that was part of their vision. It, but, you know, a natural, we want to reach our country, but it's like, they just had a block. And, and so um, the Holy spirit, those first calls, I, I joke, I joke that, my mom was a prayer warrior, and uh, for, and uh, in recent years her health isn't good, but uh, she was a prayer warrior for you know ninety year ninety plus years, and um, and she would pray the Luke ten two prayer. The harvest is great, the workers are few, but she would pray it badly. She would pray it low. She'd ask God for more American workers. <laughs> so so you know I use that as a joke. To exaggerate, to get the point across, my mom was not praying for Argentine workers. The American church was not praying for Argentine workers. The Argentine church was not praying for Argentine workers. But the Holy Spirit intervened and began to call them by his, by his Holy Spirit, by his power. It was an intervention of the Holy Spirit yes. because no, no one was asking, no one was praying that Luke 10-2 prayer over, over the country. And, and now today they are, and I tell them, don't make the same mistake that others made before. You need to also pray that God would raise up workers from Africa and Asia and yeah. keep raising up Europeans. So don't make the same mistake that others made with, with you. But so it was really an intervention of the Holy Spirit to begin to call young people. And again, they were fish out of water. No one understood them back 30. No one understood them. And they really paid a price. They, they the, the early pioneers really paid a price because the church did not understand the vision. Sure. But God has done some great things and we want to, we want to pray. So those who are walking, those who are running uh, during run with the unreached, they want to pray for Latinos and for the unreached in, in Latin America. Can you give us some ways we can do that, Brad? Can you help us with some specific prayer requests? And as, after you share uh, requests, could you please pause just for a few moments so that people, if they want to pray, they can press pause on their, on their player and they can pray. And then when they're, they're done praying, they can press play again and listen to the next request. But if you could help us with some prayer requests, that'd be. Yeah. And, and so not to contradict what I just said, but that God would keep raising up a new generation because yes. uh, uh, that, and for some countries it's brand new and some countries are in their first generation. Right. And so, I mean, Argentina, El Salvador, they're in a second, but there's other countries that are just, you know, they've been doing this for less than 10 years. And so it's still, so that God will raise up that, that new generation of young people and praying that Luke 10, 2 prayer over Latin America, that the harvest is great. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvests to raise up Latins to go into the harvest as well. And, and that they would also pick up that mantle and join the harvest field. Amen.
So another, this is just a legit, you know, another thing that we've got going on in Latin America. We have a World Missions Congress every three years. Normally, there's a few times it's been every two, but mostly as a every three year rhythm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had the last one was in Spain in 2018. And we sold out a month before. It was an amazing thing. We sold out and had to turn away 400 people because it was just that we had such a response that we had 1,400 people. We had to turn about 400 away. We had 92 nations present. So we were supposed to have it last year with COVID, but it was postponed a year. It's in Colombia coming up in September. And the website is actually Colombia2022.com because anyone can go and we have American people uh, American missions pastors and people of a vision will that will also be joining us, but it's the end of September, and obviously it's hard to plan for something when you're still in a post uh, a COVID af- affecting our world, and um, and so you know I we would have had we had a convention center much larger for 2,900 people, so uh, it, we were expecting 2,500 people, so now we've lowered our expectations. And we'd hope to have more than 100 nations. So, but we just want the the ones that are supposed to be there that they'll be there. That the that the Holy Spirit would have the ones that are supposed to be there to be there, and that this con- it'll be our sixth World Congress, and that and that uh, the Lord will move in Med- in Medellin or Medellin or Medellin according to where you are at how it's pronounced, but in the city of Medellin, and uh, and so. Uh, end of September 27th to 30th, Columbia22.com. But if we could just pray that that would be an event that would again crystallize and challenge and take us to a new level and um, yeah. just just inspire countries that are slow to respond that this is their time as well. So. So uh, one other thing of Latin America that uh, it's helping, it's been an inspiration for other countries. And, um, and so that Latin America can keep speaking prophetically to other nations. Yeah. So uh, as one example, um, and, uh, you know, I, I know we're focusing on Latin America, so I apologize to go out for just a moment. But a number of years ago, the leader of the Romanian missions department was in one of in a world event focusing on the unrich people groups in the Philippines. And there was about 40 Latins at that event. And he says to me, what are all these Latins doing here? I said, well, they're workers in unrich people groups in, 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 that we're having the focus of this event on. And he was shocked. And, and he, it just blew him away that that was, and he went back to his country and a couple of years later, resigned his church and went full time. And now they have 78 workers. They're one of the fastest growing um, countries. But and, and they're probably unique because they probably have 50 percent of their workers going to the unrich people groups. So I don't know of any country that's at that 50 percent level. Wow. Now, they, they started, you know, 10 years ago. So they have that advantage in, in Latin America. We're not we're not at that level of 50 percent, not not even close just because a lot of people God's called to other parts of the world too, but 50%. And so, but it all came when they saw what Latin America was doing, it just inspired them that, that, that they could do it too. So there's other parts of the world that are really 
you know, lagging and there, and there probably were Latin America was 25 years ago. So that Latin America, we just pray that Latin America continue to inspire them to take practical steps. And I call it a Nike theology. Don't just talk about it, but just do it. And, and to uh, put, put it into practice because some countries have been talking about it for years. We need to do this. We need to do this. And, 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 and as they've seen Latin America's um, maturity coming down the pike now, uh, that they would um, uh, really take the concrete steps they need to 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 just do it. Amen. And then, of course, since this is all focused on the unreached people groups, we 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 don't forget that even though you had mentioned earlier that Latins uh, adapt really well, and they do, they also have some challenges. And one of their challenges is language. Mm. So people are shocked. When I, ask, when I ask a group of university students in Latin America, and, and just about anywhere, that I say, what percentage of the world speaks Spanish? And the lowest amount they'll give me is 15%. And the highest is 50, and an average is 25 to 30%. I was just with someone the other day, a Latin in the United States, and asked them that question, and they said 30%. So they're really shocked. And, and, and part of it is because Latin America is a block of, of 20 countries that you don't have anywhere else in the world uh, that speak the same language, with the exception of Brazil that speaks Portuguese. So they're really shocked to find out that only 6% of the world speaks Spanish. Only 6%. They're, they're shocked every time. And, and then if you add Portuguese, another 5%, only 11% of the world speaks Latin-based languages. So, one, you know, Latin America, because of that being a block, they also don't do real well in learning. They, they tend not to have strong English in their, in their countries, where in Europe you have it because of uh, just because of the small you know, the borders, so many countries, and it's an international bridge language. So one of the challenges Latin have, Latins have is to learn English. So if an American is going to go to another country, they usually have to learn one language at the most two. And Latins have to learn at minimum two and sometimes three because they have to learn English just enough to, to be able to communicate with all the other international workers or they're going to be isolated. And, and also um, to be able, many times language programs are in English. There's not a lot of language programs to learn a language that are based in Spanish. So there are some exceptions. There are some exceptions. But so one of their challenges they have is learning the language. That's really a challenge that they have. And then visas. Just uh, I know that you mentioned, a, a you know, we, that we, there were over 50 Latins from over uh, 13 nations in a country you mentioned earlier, but but it's been very hard for a lot of them to stay long term because of visa issues and because they have lower budgets. So they, they go by faith, but sometimes those lower budgets allow them to or, 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 or mean that they don't have as much to invest in some in, uh, business as mission opportunities or, or some opportunities to give them a visa. And so the visa and, and is, a, is a challenge. I remember prejudice years ago, we had a missionary in Latvia and, um, and all the Americans had humanitarian visas. So when he went to get it, and he's still there, by the way, he's been there over 20 years. 
and speaks fluent Russian and, and is very loved and respected by the national to work. But when he went to get a, a humanitarian visa, they laughed at him and said, well, Argentina is a basket case. What kind of humanitarian help can you give to us? You know, we understand that the West can get a, has a humanitarian visa, but you're, you're from, Latin, what does Latin America have to do, have to give us because of that? You know, you're a third world country as well as us. And so sometimes there's a prejudice actually as well, though, though there can be a greater acceptance in some, on some levels, sometimes there's also a prejudice um, like, well, you know, a Westerner, they, they have these skills and what does the Latin have to, to help us out with? So they also have those barriers to overcome of, of visa challenges, sometimes not having as much of a secular university background and then um, because a lot of times in the church was a lower class, uh, lower classes, and a lot of people didn't finish high school going back many years ago. Now, today's generation, thank God, is, is finishing high school, but previous generations. And, and then again, coming back to that challenge of learning English. So those are, so, you know, they, they have open doors on one hand, but they also have some greater barriers on the other. And so we can just pray that the Lord will give, equip them, especially the new generation with English and, and other, other skills. But for the older generation, that God would just help them in, in these barriers of, of uh, visas and, and, and English language as a, as, a, as a tool that they need to, to work where they're working. And I think a, a final, probably a final prayer, unless you have something else you want to ask me, Nick, but a final prayer request is the Latin churches in the United States are really getting a vision, but I would say, to be honest, as a whole, because there are exceptions, the Latin church in the U.S. is probably about 10 to 15 years behind Latin America in their, in their, in their foreign missions vision. Uh, and, and so a lot of times the immigrants have come here and they, and they have not experienced what their country did in these areas. And sometimes they'll compare themselves to uh, generations who have been here for, for 60 years, you know, Germans who came in the 30s and 40s. And so some of the prosperity of, 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 of generations who are people who have been here for generations and they're a first generation and oftentimes uh, they don't have the English skills. So they, they tend to, to have less financial resources. And so their mentality can oftentimes be, well, we're, we're poorer and we're a mission field. And, and that same error that we ran into in Latin America 30 years ago, well, we can't do this. And, and so that the Latins in the United States would also see what God is doing among their peers in the 22 countries, taking them to unreached people groups. Now, it is changing in the United States. There are more and more Latins going to unreached people groups, whereas 10 years ago, they would all be going back to Latin America because, well, we speak Spanish. So if God's called us, it's to go back. Whereas today, the young, young generation of Latins in the United States are coming and saying, hey, God wants to take us to the unreached people groups. So there's a change taking place, but I would still say they're 10 to 15 years behind Latin America. So again, you want that there to be an acceleration of vision so that don't take 10 to 15 years to catch up. That just the Holy Spirit would do some creative things to just, to just accelerate the vision and, and, and that 
that they can uh, see incredible growth in their emissions vision here from the, the, the Latin districts in the United States because they have incredible potential, people and, and, and economic resources. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much for uh, sharing today, and it help, and just, it's just encouraging to hear uh, the progress and how God is using Latinos around the world. And um, yeah, and we want to keep praying. And thank you for everybody who's part of the uh, yeah. Thanks for everybody who's running, walking today, and praying for Latinos. And thank you so much, Brad. And look forward to staying in touch. Thank you very much. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Antioch Initiative podcast. To keep up with future episodes, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow our social media handles at the Antioch Initiative to stay up to date on all future content.